Welcome to First Star Let's Chat, an athletic therapy podcast. I'm your host, James Gardner, certified athletic therapist, certified strength and conditioning specialist, yoga instructor, human being. This platform, for the pros, by the pros, anybody in the performance space, and beyond. Welcome here to share in the stories of professionals, experiences, journeys, learning along the way. It's a platform to connect, to network, and to be a part of a community that cares with conversations that matter, experiences that resonate, and generate ideas, thought-provoking, organic dialogue, passionate probes. Brought to you as always by First Star Therapy, Mobility Tape, Epic, and Benchmark Athletics. In association with the Canadian Athletic Therapist Association, it's First Star Let's Chat, an athletic therapy podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you for being a part of it. Recording is in progress, which means we are live. Session 87, First Star Let's Chat, an athletic therapy podcast with Cole Hergott this evening, special guest out on the West Coast at Trinity Western University. We'll get to his bio in a second, a little bit of housekeeping. Remember, membership is still available for those of you that have signed up, CEUs available for athletic therapists. For those of you looking for CEUs, please reach out by email. These will be available until October 4th at uh, $10 a month. We are working on the backside to um, make this a little bit more seamless in terms of transitioning into uh, the quizzes that are available and not available and so on and so forth. That's the housekeeping on that end. We are just under three weeks away from the Realign Reconnect Retreat, an immersive retreat here in Ontario. We'll be going to the Nottawa Saga Inn. Uh, recent posts online here through our social media channel, firststar.therapy. Um, some athletes, some therapists, some human beings who have been to these retreats, speaking about these retreats. If you need some time for you, if you're looking to go within a little bit further, we'd love to have you out. So reach out. Uh, registration is open. It is limited in nature, but we are looking forward to uh, an amazing weekend there and leaving you with a skill set that you can take away and apply in your everyday, similar to our guest who works tirelessly with his athletes out on the West Coast. Let's jump in here. As always, brought to you by Mobility Tape, Epic, Benchmark Athletics, and in association with the Canadian Athletic Therapist Association, it's session 87 of Let's Chat. It's Cole Hergott. He is the head strength and conditioning coach at Trinity Western University in Langley, British Columbia, where he's entering his third year at the helm of the SNC program. He graduated from Trinity in 2018 with a bachelor's in human kinetics and went on to pursue his master's degree in coaching science at the University of British Columbia, uh, completing that in 2020. He played many sports growing up in Saskatchewan and always enjoyed the physical preparation aspect in which he excelled more than in the sports themselves. He has a strong passion for fitness, nutrition, strength and conditioning in sports and loves to help educate athletes on how to take their game to the next level while also working with them on getting them to where they want to be. He loves to learn and better himself every single day and allow that learning to enhance his interactions with the athletes he gets to coach. Cole, welcome aboard, man. Thank you for being here. And uh, what a 
what a lovely bio and and summarizes so much of what you're doing. So uh, pleasure. Thank you for being here and let you say hello. And then we'll, we'll see where we take this thing tonight. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Um, it's an absolute honor to be on. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to, to talk some shop. Absolutely. And I think uh, one of the things that, that you and I talked on um, in our previous brief conversation was the transition into parenthood. So congratulations once again and publicly. Um, I don't know. I think a really underrated component, maybe it's underrated, maybe it's over, I don't know, but a, a rated component of being a coach and, and working with other human beings is having another human being that you're absolutely responsible for, for at least a couple of years at the beginning of their life. And uh, so congratulations to you, your partner, your family and, and all that stuff. And, and let's transition over. We won't talk too much on that. I know you got camps underway. You've had a couple of soccer matches in preseason. You've got some testing done already. Um, before we get to that and before we get to now, where did this all start for you? You, you were interested in sports. You like sports. You, you understand the body. You started taking an interest in that. Where did that all begin for you? Do you look back at like there was that one moment or was it over time? Uh, I think it was a little bit over time. I know growing up, like as I kind of as mentioned in my bio, like I, I love playing sports, played a bunch of stuff growing up. Ice hockey was kind of my go-to. I was, you know, going to go to the show until obviously I wasn't. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I loved I loved the summer more than I actually loved the the season I love the the training the like oh this is going to make me better this is going to help me get to where I want um which obviously led me down to um you know maybe training a little bit too much maybe in the wrong areas and and not having anyone to kind of guide me whereas you know google search was you know not necessarily the best thing and still isn't necessarily the best thing um and then as I graduated from university I or sorry graduated from high school um I went and played a year of uh, junior B hockey to kind of, you know, keep the dream alive. And I, once again, just found myself like I just wasn't, I just wasn't up to snuff when it came to the skill aspect, but I took my, you know, my training, my nutrition, all that kind of stuff a lot more seriously than the other players. And it was just frustrating to see that, you know, that wasn't helping me. And, and once again, didn't necessarily have, like we didn't have a strength coach or anything like that. Um, mm -hmm. and so then when I was going to pursue university, um, I, I was looking at Trinity Western university, which is where I ended up going. Um, and they had a fantastic uh, kinesiology program. So I, I reached out to the, the head hockey coach there at the time, or I guess it's still the head hockey coach, Barrett crop. And, uh, he let me come out and, and join the team. And, and that's where I kind of had my first taste of what a strength and conditioning coach was. Um, and his name was Andrew Hemming. And from the moment I met him, it was like, I want to be this guy. Like, this is this is what I want to do. I want to, you know, help athletes. I want to be this kind of this mentor in all physical things, preparation, nutrition, and just be in their corner, you know, not worrying about, oh, you know, am I going to get playing time? Am I whatever? It's it's when you're with your strength coach, they're well, they should be there to help you, you know, no matter what your goal is. And so once I kind of I always like the the training and the gym, but once I actually met a strength coach, it was like, wow, this is, this seems like a really sweet gig and something I want to do. And then kind of through more education and learning and, and, you know, reaching out to networking, realized that, you know, this was a, a viable profession and something that I wanted to pursue. And, you know, a couple of, a couple of knocks on the door here and there, you know, allowed me to get into some places and intern here and there and um, ended up uh, getting the job I'm at through, through some good circumstances. So, uh, 
yeah, so it, it basically came from a love of sports and a love of training and then just, yeah, meeting, meeting my guy, Andrew Hemming. And now here I am. Yeah. I think that's such a critical piece and, and, and one that is, um, sort of a common theme here is, is to make sure that that passion is a part of what you're doing. If you find it early, you're lucky. If you haven't found it yet, just keep going because you're going to find it. And, and when you do, you'll know it's right. You'll know it will sit right. And you know that you're in the right place to be doing the right thing at the right time. And um, a beautiful sort of uh, movement for you. You, you. you were at Trinity Western. You left and did your master's. You did some internships, which I think, again, um, hopefully, and, and I won't put words into your mouth, but open your eyes to some different perspectives, um, some different ways of doing things, certainly some, some solid ways of doing things and sort of shaped who you are and, um, and following that love of sport and, and preparation and all the things that pour in. And, and you touched on being there as a strength coach for the athletes. I think that's absolutely critical. If we can remove a little bit of the ego piece from the practitioner side, we then can pour ourselves into what really matters and dog coming into the screen. Um, we can pour ourselves into what really matters. And that is sort of the performance and the outcome that the athlete is looking for, but maybe even more so than the outcome support to the athlete that, that may or may not need it, may or may not require it, but it becomes this, uh, this, this environment for success because you're building relationships, you're building trust, you're all these other pieces that are not in the program per se, when you write it out into a spreadsheet or put it on, on the whiteboard or whatever the case might be. Right. And um, how has your experience been so far as a strength coach out there? Like in terms of your interactions with athletes, pretty open, um, pretty responsible in terms of the athletes. Some you have to hold their hands. Some you have to really direct some that you can sort of leave to their own vices. How, how has it been for you so far? Uh, it's been, yeah, all of those things and more um, as a, as an intern, you know, being in the same, essentially the same classroom as the athletes. Um, I found that to be kind of a challenge of trying to, you know, separate myself as a professional. And so then coming back um, and getting to actually be that professional, I actually found it even harder because there were still athletes there that I had gone to class with um, as I got the job two years after my graduation um, from Trinity. So there's, you know, still athletes that I'm pretty much the same age as there's actually a couple right. athletes that are older than me. So I found that, um, it was, it was difficult to establish myself, um, from that standpoint, the other standpoint, it was easy because everybody knew who I was and they kind of knew what I brought to the table, especially the coaching staff. There wasn't that awkward month long, like, Hey, you know, I'm going to try to get to know you. You're going to try to get to know me. It was like, yo, I've been interning here for, you know, three, four years. I was gone for one year. I'm back, you know, let's go to work. So that was, that was a huge blessing. Um, but from the standpoint of, you know, getting down to like each individual athlete, it's, it's something that I've had to learn sometimes the hard way as far as, you know, okay, I can't say that to that athlete or I need to push that athlete more. There's always going to be, you know, in a team environment or, you know, even in an individual sport, like let's say cross country, when you have them all in the weight room, there's a bunch of different personalities and some athletes like to be pushed some, you know, need to be coddled a little bit more. Some of them have been training for three, four years. Some of them, this is their first time in the weight room. And so my approach is I want every time an athlete comes in as coached by me to enjoy their experience, but also leave that session feeling better than when they walked in and believing that, wow, that was, that was a benefit to me. That was actually something that was helpful. Yep. And so 
I find that I try to leverage my age a little bit by trying to, you know, stay hip and cool and whatever, <laughs> whatever other words the kids are using these days. But um, I'm not sure they're people, using. I'm not sure they're using either one. But but why not? I don't know. They're not know. using those ones. They're using <laughs> cap and all these other kind of words that I don't know where they got them from. But anyway, sure. Um, and now that I'm a dad, obviously the the I'm an old jokes kind of start flying. But uh, yeah. dad but jokes it, rule is fine. Yeah, Good there. yeah. <laughs> exactly. But uh, but it's it's been it's been fun. I find I find dealing with people very difficult um, because people are you know difficult to understand. Everybody's different. But I find that's also the most rewarding part of a job of this mm-hmm. job when you get that connection when you, you know, say that cue that works, when you can relate to their goals, when you see them accomplish something. Um, and when you can even play a small part in it, to me, that is so rewarding. Um, and it's definitely worth the time and an investment to get to know those athletes because it is hard. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. The hardest part of the job is, is spending, you know, that time talking to people, trying to get to know them more, um, you know, learning what makes them tick and, and stuff. And it's the most time consuming, but at the end of the day, you know, as you kind of alluded to like program, yes, it matters, but if I don't connect with athletes, if they don't, not going to say like me, but if they don't want to come back, if they don't have a good experience, then it's all for naught. So I think that it has been a challenge, but, but to those that are, you know, getting started in the profession, like spending that time learning about your athletes, your clients, whoever it is, um, will pay off tremendously. Yeah, absolutely. Um, magnificent capture i i just feel like you know going through school there's very little time spent on communication on getting to know who's on the other side of the bar or the table though whatever i don't mean the bar that you're out at but maybe that helps um you know the other side of the squat rack or the other side of the whatever the other human being that you're talking to there's so much value in that connection piece and you touched on it right that experience piece for athletes there's already athletes with preconceived biases as to what training is. I don't need this. I've been doing it this way and I got this far without it. Why would I start doing it now? Or I've always had to be the hardest worker in the gym. So I'm just going to continue that trend when maybe they need a little bit more time with their skills coach or a little bit more time on the field or whatever those pieces are. So really looking at that and sort of beginning to sift through who needs what. And, and I think that really does begin with the way somebody shakes your hand, the way somebody walks into the room, the way that they walk out of the room and, and, and knowing, you know, who, who that athlete is. It's, it's a great, a great capture. And you're young, you're early in your career. You're still a young coach as far as that goes. And um, to have that insight already, only bodes well for the profession, for the athletes that you're working with, for the coaching staff out there, uh, and for the entirety of the staff. It sounds to me as if you're very open and willing to not put your program first. Your program can be the best in the world, but the program, if it's the best in the world and it doesn't resonate, is is moot at that point, right? And you touched on that. And I think that's a very humble approach, but one that will make a difference in your career. And that's coming from, you know, I was thinking about, well, what, what can we talk about tonight? What, what can I connect with Cole on? And, and what, what is the audience going to connect with here? And um, for me, I, I wonder, I, I wonder if I ask Cole this question, if you were to put yourself in your athlete's shoes and say, what is Cole like as a strength coach? What do you think the response would be? And the reason I'll let you think on it, because I know that's a hot spot kind of topic, but the reason I ask that is because if I ask the athletes that I'm working with now, 13, 15, almost 15 years in professionally versus five years in, 
you know, the athletes that I'm working with now think I should be living in a, I don't know, a tree house somewhere in the middle of the jungle and just sort of dropping down and doing some, some weird stuff, but they know it helps them and they know like there's connection and they know that that matters. But if you asked athletes when I was, you know, in previous roles, previous jobs, they would say, this guy needs to live in like a metal box with like, you know, completely pristine edges and everything needs to be precise and khakis are always on and the belt is always straight and the shirt is always tucked in and and here we are in hoodies and hats and and just having a good time but also knowing that educating and knowing who's in the room is is really um, where the focus lies with a solid background in education and experience and science and all those other pieces so if I were to ask you right now maybe not what your athletes think of you ideally if, if somebody were to ask, what would you want your athletes to think about you as a coach? What are some of the things that come to mind for you at this point in your career? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. Um, I would like to say, I'd hope that my athletes would say that I'm always there for them. You know, no matter what it is, I'm someone that they can trust, someone that they can talk to. Um, I'm always there to answer questions if they need. Um, I hopefully provide valuable um, you know, feedback and cues and coaching and, and they like my programs and kind of the, the science aspect. I hope they like that. But to me, it's like, I hope, you know, they consider me, you know, a mentor, someone they can trust, um, someone who, you know, is willing to go to battle for them, who's willing to do whatever it takes to set them up for success um, and, you know, lay out the path for them. I like to think I'm not super pushy, I'm not one of those, you know, yell and scream in your face and make sure you, you know, you do what I say, you know, my way or the highway thing. Um, and my wife has expressed that I maybe should be a little bit more like that. Um, but I think at the end of the day, especially when, you know, you're working with university age athletes, they're adults, they know to eat protein, they know they should be weight trained, they know those things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the old saying of like, you can eat a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. That's something that, I like to think I kind of live my, or, you know, as part of my coaching philosophy of, you know, I will lead them to the water. I will supply the water. I will make sure that water is as, you know, as clean and as, you know, refreshing as possible, but they have to be the ones that drink it. And if they drink it, I will be there to support them. You know, if they walk away, I'm still going to be there holding the water, waiting for them to come back because I believe this is the right way to go. Um, so for me, I, I'd like to think that my athletes, you know, you know, trust me, believe I'm in their corner um, and, you know, am intelligent enough or, or know enough of the, the training side that what I, the water I'm supplying is actually valuable to them. Yeah, a, a great answer. And, and the reason I ask is because I sat in this today, uh, as I mentioned to you just before we jumped on, I, I, I reflected back as, as Drew Hutchison took the mound today for the Detroit Tigers, and he's bounced around to a bunch of teams, and, and we've been trying to tee him up. He's our fourth of, of four, part four of our Tommy John education series. He'll be our fourth guest. We're just trying to, to nail down his timing. Anyway, he's been bouncing around, and, and he makes the start against Toronto today, and just so proud to see him out there. And, and I look back at like when we had some overlap and like how little influence I had in his world, but how major an influence he had on mine. And so, you know, you look back at these and the conversations that athletes have, and they give you so much perspective and they allow you to see things uh, like your, like your newborn will, you know, allow you to see the world through their eyes because it's their way, you know, and misunderstood or misguided or, uh, a bad start at the wrong time and poor timing led to bouncing around to a whole bunch of who knows, but to see him out 
on the major league mound this many years after we had an initial overlap just tugged on me a little bit. And I thought, man, like if I was dealing with him now, it would be completely different than if I was dealing with him when we dealt together, where it was sort of like, get your rotator cuff work done, make sure you get in and get treatment. And it was very militaristic in terms of my approach. It may still be that way very much, but in a little bit of a softer manner, like what's going to work for you and how do we massage this in? So I, I just think it's amazing because I, because I follow your posts, I, I read the articles you write and the things that you do and, and, and they're, wise beyond your years and i think that is something that if we can provide for our colleagues in this space in the performance space we're making a difference cole and and you're making a difference you're impacting me you're impacting people that i talk to on this side of the country and and worldwide to pick this up and say wow here's a guy who is starting out his career He's into his career. He's at internships he's done a master's program he's leading a strength and conditioning department at, at this young age in the professional world and getting to know athletes is a primary focus. I'm telling you, that's going to take you so far beyond. And for anybody listening who hasn't found that yet, find a way, reach out to Cole and, and ask him what he does for that. And what, what does athletes feel like? And Cole, I'll flip this to you um, here before I go off on too much of a tangent. Um, I'll urge you to ask your athletes what they think of you as well. It's a strange thing to do but it will provide feedback for you that will take you wherever you want to go as well. And where you're really successful, keep doing that. And where you lack a little bit in that beautiful answer you just provided, you find ways to chip away and just keep getting better and better. And I know that's part of your strategy. So learning, operationalizing, getting better every day. This is part of your MO as a coach. Uh, you're the lead of a strength and conditioning department. Um, how do you go about doing that? What, what sort of percentage or, or how do you fit that into your, your daily or weekly schedule in terms of learning and ongoing um, knowledge consumption? Well, first off, thank you for those kind words. I, yeah, I appreciate it. And I, you know, anybody that wants to reach out or, you know, has read my stuff, listen to whatever I'm on, like, I'm more than happy to chat more about, you know, how my brain works or, or anything like that. Not that it's that special or anything, but uh, I like to think that yeah, I provide a, a unique perspective. Um, and that kind of leads into um, your question. Like the way the way I've learned um, when I was in my undergrad was reading. I was a voracious reader. I would read, you know, like any textbook or, or research. And I just kept over and over again, reading and reading and reading. And then once again, my mentors kind of commented on like, that's great that you know the science, but you need to make sure that you understand the people. And when I was in my undergrad, I was... Um, I'm actually an introvert by nature, which is very surprising for those that I coach. Um, but I, so I was, I was, you know, shy, not overly, um, outgoing when I would coach, but I'd like to think that, you know, when people ask me a question, I kind of knew the answer, but I didn't necessarily know how to provide it the best way. So a lot of my undergrad was spent reaching out to strength coaches across Canada and I grew my network and would just ask them. You know, how did you get to where you, you know, where you're at? You know, how do you interact with your athletes? You know, what do you do for, you know, this program, that program? And, and kind of the older I got or the later in my undergrad I got, the more those questions went from, hey, what kind of, you know, program are you running? Are you doing five by five? Are you doing, you know, tier system to it's like, hey, I don't know how to, you know, communicate this to my athlete. Hey, how do you deal with coaches? Hey, how do you whatever? And it kind of became more of the the art of coaching aspect. And so when I went into my undergrad or uh, sorry, my master's degree, um, 
what I ended up doing was um, I interned as a, or I was a GA um, with the UBC Thunderbirds and learning under uh, Joe McCollum, Tavis Bruce and Amanda Jones. Um, and just, you know, the crop of other GAs we had there um, allowed me to just watch how other people interacted. And I, I think I'm a fairly observational person um, and I would, you know, pretty much spend all day in the gym, even when my groups weren't in, I would just sit and watch. And I would watch other people and, and how do they interact? How do athletes, you know, how did they react to them saying that? How did they react to, you know, that, that um, you know, that quote or that cue or that whatever it was. Um, and then, you know, stealing the good stuff and leaving the bad stuff as um, <laughs> we all like to do. Um, and then, you know, moving on from there, um, I found that, you know, the, the time for reading, I didn't necessarily have, but I developed a love for listening to podcasts. Um, and so a lot of the podcasts I listen to are, are ones just like this, where it's, you know, we're not talking about, you know, Hey Cole, you know, what does your program look like? It's, it's how do you interact with athletes? How do you develop those kind of things? And that's what a large portion of my time as far as um, professional development is spent on. And I still do obviously learn about the science stuff and I still try to read something every day, whether it's, um, and I got this from one of my mentors and I can't remember which one who said it, but they were like, try to read something every day, even if it's one page of a research article, just, you know, keep in touch with the science side because you don't want to lose that. Yes. We want to interact with athletes and be a good person, Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if I'm going to be the best person and an athlete is actually going to trust me, then what I give them to do better be sound, backed by science and, you know, actually work. So I still try to keep in touch with that. Um, but I listen to um, many, many podcasts. Um, and so it actually frustrates me when I find another one that I like because it's like, well, shoot, now I got to listen to another how many hours of podcasts. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's good because the more, you know, to me, I, I find that with my busy days, um, yeah, listening to podcasts um, is probably the easiest. But like I said, it's a lot of it comes down to um, connecting with coaches, talking to them, asking them their thoughts, listening to podcasts where, you know, you're doing the same thing, you're asking them their thoughts. Um, and then, you know, trying to keep in touch with, with science and, and making sure that, you know, I'm, I'm critically thinking about what other people say, just because I heard it on, you know, your podcast doesn't mean, Oh, well, I better go do that on Monday. It's like, well, let me stop and think, does that apply to my context? Like everybody's talking about VBT and I love VBT, but do we have the budget to run that? Do we have the space? Do we have the time constraints? Like just because, you know, USC was running some program and they won a national championship doesn't mean it's going to work for, you know, little Trinity Western university. So, um, that's kind of the way I approach my pro D is, is understanding people from the perspective of people who are in the field and then trying to also understand the science. Yeah. And, and you touched on it once, if not a bunch of times throughout that um, response, like context matters, right. And, and your restraints matter just as much as what's available to you matters and um, resources, not treating athletes or humans as resources, but truly time and, and, and space and, you know, number of coaches, number of staff, how can you execute the best program? Sometimes simple is too easy, you know, but it makes the most sense. And, and simple can be great if it's a foundational piece that everybody needs and everybody's going to benefit the most from, then away you go and you run with that. And um, you talk about reading and reading something every day and, 
Um, I would take that a step further and also say, yeah, you got to stay engaged with the science and the recent stuff. Um, you also have to disengage with a lot of those uh, robotic type things that are out there in social media and these, these fast, quick answers, these quick responses or quick fixes to things. And everybody in their uncle is a strength and conditioning coach and everybody in their sister knows what's best for everybody else. And um the bottom line is there's no one size fits all in science and there's no one size fits all in experience. And so the best coaches, the best therapists, the best human beings in this world are the ones that can be malleable enough to move in between and understand how to navigate that space for themselves with the person or persons that they're working with on the other side. That's my opinion. That's my bias. That's my drastic shift over from heavily science-based. And so I would take that a step further and say, ensure that you're reading something outside of science as well well and outside of the um the specifics of uh strength and conditioning per se or biomechanics or whatever the thing is like it's great to be an expert um but it's also maybe even better to understand what's going on outside of that realm as well and because it will it'll draw it'll relate back to the thing that you're doing um successive athletes winning uh prs uh, whatever the things are in the gym or outside of the gym, um, we're watching this uh, world championship now with the women's hockey. It's been two years since, since they've had an opportunity to play. And um, Dan Noble is a, a fantastic strength coach here that I've had the opportunity to work with for the last 18 months. And so we have anywhere between nine and 11 of the women on, on the Canadian roster training with us for this off season in their little Toronto cohort bubble. And uh, it's now amazing to see them on the ice. Um, none of that is egotistical in my, in my space. Like, I'm just like, I'm just so happy to see them playing again and, and see them on the ice and actually watch them on the ice. Cause we see them in the gym and I don't ever see them on the ice. Uh, I see them on the table on the, in the gym and then hear about them on the ice and uh, pop over here and there to see them skate, but now watching them play and just seeing the smiles on their face and scoring goals and win and win, lose or draw, like they're doing the thing at their most optimal potential at this point in time in, in the given moment. And I wonder, I sit again, like I reflect a lot and I don't mean to make this about me, but I sit back and I'm like, what part of this is making me happy? And it's that they are expressing their best in a moment. And maybe we had a small part to do with that because we programmed and we did some movement stuff with them. And we taught them a little bit about how to operationalize themselves in a more efficient and effective manner. That's kind of our MO with things. What does that feel like for you in terms of success with athletes? Like when an athlete wins or when an athlete loses, uh, how does that play on you or does that play anything on you? Or yeah, how do you feel in that role of sort of being behind the scenes as athletes go on and, and do their thing? I, I love it. I love being a behind the scenes kind of guy. Um, I'm, as mentioned, I'm an introvert, so I don't, I don't mind not getting a ton of the praise. Um, it's actually funny you mentioned that because even just like a month ago, I was kind of going through this phase of, I don't want to say unmotivation, but just like the thought of going through another year, like we just had kind of COVID and not getting to play and just like, I don't really want to do that. Like, like, yeah, that was great. And it was cool to have, you know, essentially an eight month off season, but it was just like, there was, yeah, it just kind of drained on me a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and then as you kind of mentioned at the top, like our, our soccer team started training camp and they've been playing some exhibition games. And uh, just this past Friday night, I took my daughter to her first ever Spartan game 
uh, which was pretty special. So we went and saw the men's soccer team play just an exhibition game and getting to sit there and watch them play just reignited that passion for what I do of like, Oh my goodness. Like, like this is awesome. Like each one of these, you know, like sitting there with my daughter, but looking out on the field, you know, at, you know, 11 of my sons essentially. And that's weird to say because they're, you know, <laughs> I don't know how you did that. <laughs> they're like two years younger than I, but yeah. it's like just that pride of like, wow. Like, like you mentioned, like I had some part to play in that, whether it was, you know, they made it, you know, they made an awesome tackle and, you know, the reason they were strong enough was because they squatted with me all summer or they stepped wrong in the field, but their ankle didn't roll because we had been doing, you know, whatever it was, or maybe, you know, anything like that. Um, it's like, man, it just, you know, and that could be me, you know, over glamorizing my role. I couldn't, you know, maybe didn't help with that at all. But just like you said, having some piece of you go, I was a part of this. I was a part of those smiles. I was a part of that goal. I was a part of that win. Um, and no one's ever going to say that. No one's ever going to say, yeah, we won that game, you know, 10, nothing because our strength coach was so great. Like that's not the way it works, but, um, just being a part of that interaction and seeing them with that joy is just, yeah, I absolutely love it. And I even go back to, um, one of the first times that I really realized I love what I do. And I mean, every day I kind of get the like, wow, that was an awesome day. But I remember um, being on social media and one of our athletes at the time was recovering from ACL surgery and it was her first game back. And she just kind of had a post about, you know, thanks for, you know, everybody who helped in the recovery process and, and how fun it was. And like, thanks for, you know, supporting me and, you know, getting back on the field. And, and I actually had tears in my eyes reading it um, just realizing like, you know, in the moment, it's like, yeah, we're squatting, we're doing push-ups, we're doing deadlift. Like, who cares? Like, what does this even matter? But when it matters to them that much, and, you know, it has that big of an impact on them, it's like, wow, like, we're actually doing something special here. Like, we're helping people, you know, do what they love. We're helping people, you know, build self-confidence, build self-worth, build, you know, mental toughness, you know, physical strength, like all those aspects um, of just, being a, a well-rounded human being um, and seeing like, like you kind of mentioned seeing those smiles or, or like I saw in that post, like seeing how much it meant to them um, really motivates me. And, and that's what kind of gets me up in the morning is, is I believe what I do makes a difference. You know, some people can sit there and say, Oh, I hate weight training. It doesn't make a difference. You know, it's going to make me big and bulky. It's going to, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, I choose to believe what I do does make a difference. And that's what gets me up in the morning is, is I believe I am, I am helping make national champions. I am making future pro athletes. I'm making future, you know, husbands and wives and, and, you know, whoever it is that are going to be good people that are going to be, you know, as a part of, you know, Trinity Western, you know, godly Christian leaders, or, you know, just, just morally sound people, you know, and in today's generation, I think we need more people like that. And so I just think that being behind the scenes um, and having an, a small part, however small it is, even if it's, you know, say, Hey, how you doing today? You know, nice shoes or whatever it is. And that just brings a smile to their face. It was like, boom, job well done. Um, you know, and that, that's kind of what we're here for. So I, I think it, I, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that behind the scenes piece is massive. It's massive in the performance space as strength coaches. Um, there's a lot that goes on that not a lot of people get credit for um or 
just never really gets mentioned and it can come down to that one small conversation or capturing something that somebody else didn't or or being uh there for somebody who didn't either know that they needed somebody there for them um quite literally when it comes to spotting or something like this on the floor but more so in life you know just having that solid foundation that that solid go-to person that they know when they walk in the space Cole's there or or he's at least left his mark if he's not there physically and they know that they're in a, a good spot to succeed in that moment and and you talk about the acl recovery and you talk about you know um Sarah Fillier scoring her first goal in, in the world championships for team Canada in that first game. And uh, these pieces, right? Like there's so much power in every moment, but in reflection, that moment is stackable moments that got us to that point. And I think it's those moments that where we can invest, where you invest in, in those athletes, where you are there, you're fully present you're fully dedicated um, and, and you're making a difference by just living true and authentic and, and, and being there for other human beings. I, I just feel like you're right. There's so much more than sets, reps and programming, right? There, there's, there's so much more here and that's generating consistency. Um, resilience, all these other pieces that, that you've touched on and, and yeah, just some great captures here and, and um, truly humbled to, to have you here and grateful for you to take your time with this one. Um, let me just pause briefly and, and just plug next week uh, and then we'll come back. I have a couple more questions on the setup at Trinity Western and how things work there. Um, next week will be session 88. It's going to be another special session. It's going to be the same time, the same channel. Um, we're going to have Dr. Amy Saltzman on she's an md she's out in california um i'll leave you with a little tidbit here that uh, we are working on something together uh in a major project um in terms of athletic development from a different angle let's say anyway she's written an amazing book uh a while back it's called a still quiet place for athletes mindfulness skills for achieving peak performance and finding flow in sports and life uh, dr amy saltzman will be our guest next week and we will touch on a lot of these different pieces and cool there's a lot of these things that you and i have talked on um you know through our performance wellness platform that we started with that you were a part of uh, a presentation that we did um that you were present for and and it goes so much beyond sort of being there to spot reps and sets and i know this is redundant but trinity western has an amazing head strength and conditioning coach we have you here you're sharing that with us um as a human being regardless of what your programming looks like but i have no doubt that is uh, no slouch either um, what does a team look like at trinity western in terms of the support team for athletes there's the strength and conditioning department athletic therapy or there are other practitioners mds what does the whole team in sort of sports performance look like at trinity western just for context and perspective for people who are unfamiliar with the west coast or with trinity western specifically absolutely so at trinity um, we do have strength and conditioning department so i am the the lone um, paid staff member i have a bunch of interns or i shouldn't say a bunch i have 10 interns so for some schools that is a bunch for other places like brock that's like not even a quarter, uh, a quarter. yeah <laughs> but, uh, but we have about 10 interns that, that are working with me um we also have our athletic therapy department um with three paid um athletic therapists with once again a bunch of interns uh, student therapists that help out with each team 
-hmm. from there um we have um like osteos and mds and and kind of chiros and stuff that are um, affiliated with us and and we refer athletes to but they aren't like on campus or on staff with us um so we do kind of have access to them that way Mm -hmm. um we are looking at um you know kind of covering some of our gaps um you know like we don't have a mental performance aspect we don't have a sports dietitian um so as myself and the athletic therapy um wearing multiple hats we kind of cover those bases as much as we can um but obviously those are areas that are very important to you know physical preparation and performance and so that's something that we are in in the the midst of addressing um, with hopefully some some good stuff coming in the next year or so. But um, as of right now, our, our IST, I would say, is is pretty much sport coaches, therapy, and myself. Okay, nice. A good capture. I think that's uh, relevant for those out there looking for jobs or looking for a place to fit in or looking to fill some of those gaps, perhaps. Um, you know, you and I have had some discussion. We've had some discussion with various programs across the country, high school, um, university, college. And uh, one of those things that we tend to find is that when we look at things, we have a lot of areas covered. Um, but building fluidity between those areas is, is, is not an easy task. And so um, is that an area of focus for you from the strength and conditioning department? What does your communication look like outward? And what does your communication look like inward from those other um, perspectives? And I don't mean to put anybody on the, on the hot seat or grill anybody. So just in terms of the general terms, um, who, who do you sort of make sure information gets to and, and who ensures that you get information from them? So I am known in our athletic department for um, sending a whack ton of emails all the time. Um, I always think it's better to over communicate than under communicate, um, mm -hmm. which sometimes is good, sometimes is not. Um, but I, I primarily make sure I'm in communication with our sport coaches um, to make sure that, you know, I know what's going on on the field or on the court. Um, that way they know what's going on in the gym. You know, what's our attendance like, who's not coming, who's coming to the gym, um, you know, what's the load like on the field, you know, we're playing, you know, who, you know, we're playing UBC this weekend, you know, are we treating this like a playoff game or do we want to make sure we're ready to go or can we kind of keep training through it? And when it's UBC, we usually make sure we're pretty ready to go. Um, yeah. And then um, athletic therapy, I communicate with just as far as, you know, what athletes are injured, who did they see? Um, you know, who maybe came to me and said, Hey, you know, my shoulder's bugging me, but they didn't go see therapy and, and just kind of giving them a heads up that way. Um, luckily our, our athletic therapy um, room is like down the hall from, from our weight room. And so it's, you know, if it's not an email or a quick text, it's just a walk down the hall and just, you know, asking a quick question. And, you know, we usually two or three times a day, I'll turn around in the weight room and one of the therapists is standing by the door waiting to grab my attention and, and chat about something, which is pretty nice. And then um, just kind of our athletic director and our athletic directors and, and just making sure that, you know, they are aware of what's going on. Um, you know, I, not that I'm doing anything illegal or anything, but I, I want to just make sure that everybody kind of knows what's going on in, in our weight room in, in Sparta, as we call it. Um, and just making sure that, you know, they, you know, part of it is to show that I'm doing a good job, you know, instead of like, oh, I wonder even if Cole's even working today, it's like, oh, well, this is, you know, Cole has, you know, expressed to us what he's been doing and 
know, what he's working on and, you know, what his plans are, um, but also just to, to make sure they're in the loop. Um, because I think that when, you know, if you're an athletic director trying to hire a coach or trying to, or a coach trying to recruit an athlete, like strength and conditioning is part of, of the, the deal as an athlete. And so I want to make sure that they know what those athletes and staff members are getting themselves into. Um, and it's not just, oh yeah, that's our weight room guy. Then, you know, just does whatever, like that they have an idea of, of what I do. Um, and then as far as communicating outside of Trinity, I don't do a ton as far as like specific work stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I let the, like as mentioned, the osteos and the MD and stuff, I let our therapy kind of handle that aspect. And then they relay that messages, those messages to me. Um, I'll, as mentioned, I'll, you know, chat with my network of coaches about stuff, but nothing, you know, specific as far as like individual athlete deals and whatnot. Um, so I'm, I'm more of a in-house communicator, but I communicate a lot in the house. <laughs> so that's kind of my deal. Oh, that's beautiful. And, and, uh, again, context matters, right? Like where you're coming from, what you're doing. Um, others have to be open and aware of that 100%. Uh, I've been on all sides of that battle in the weight room, um, on, on the sidelines in the clinic and, and where there's a breakdown, athletes feel that, you know, athletes feel if therapy doesn't know what's going on in the weight room or they, you know, Cole has us doing this and the therapist goes sort of cross-eyed looking at like, well, what, I don't even know what a hex bar or whatever is. And then there's a bit of a problem there and, and it starts to break down and, and the athlete ends up feeling like there's, there's just not a complete um, package, you know, as far as things go. So um, again, you've touched on it throughout, you've highlighted this routinely throughout this conversation. Um, context is critical. Communication is critical. Um you know, it's, it's an amazing capture of, of what's going on and what you're doing out there. So um, this has been phenomenal. It's close to 45 minutes ish since we got going. So let's cut this off. Cause I know sleep is uh, can be a little bit of a tricky thing on your end of things. Uh, it's early enough that maybe baby's ready to go down sooner or later, but uh, we'll let you get to that as well. So um, I'll thank you um, for the evening. And I'm just going to start, continue a tradition from last week. Uh, last week, we had a close friend, a colleague, and, and a professional athlete on here, uh, Matthew Arnone, and, and I flipped to page 23, because that was his jersey number of this book that I read these meditations out of, and uh, 23 seemed to resonate, so I'm just going to reach back here and grab this book. We'll close this uh, with a meditation thought from a book, and uh, and then I'll let you close this out with a good night, however you wish, following that. Is that cool? Are you good with that? Absolutely. All right. All right, let me flip to this one and, and see what we come up with. It's just an arbitrary flip. Those that are here live, you can see there is, you know, no pages picked here. And we'll just flip it and come up with one right here. All right. For you today, my friends, I raise sacred smoke. For you who are troubled, confused, doubtful, lonely, afraid, addicted, unwell, bothered, or alone, I raise sacred smoke. For those of you in sorrow, grief, or pain, I raise sacred smoke. For those who work for people, for change, for spiritual evolution, for the upward and outward growth of our common humanity and the well-being of our planet, I raise sacred smoke. For those of you in joy, in the glow of small or great triumphs, who live in love, faith, courage, and respect, I raise sacred smoke. And in the act of all of this, I raise it also for myself. Session 87, Cole Hurigat, Trinity Western University lead, strength and conditioning coach. Over to you, man, to say goodnight. Thank you once again.
Oh, absolutely. It's my pleasure. Uh, yeah, I would just want to say thank you once again for having me on. Thank you for doing what you're doing for the profession, for, you know, all areas of, of kin and kind of uniting everybody, which is something that's pretty special. Um, instead of just, just having therapists or just, just having strength coaches, you got everybody, athletes, the whole deal. Um, and so what you guys are doing is pretty special. So thank you to you. Thank you to um, Trinity Western University for hiring me and letting me coach and, and to the athletes. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this year and, and uh, getting to play some games. So uh, thank you. All the best, man. Thank you so much. And thank you for everybody who's here live. Thank you to everybody picking this up on podcast. Uh, be sure to reach out, tell somebody about this. Um, this past week, I had three amazing conversations with people who are listening to this podcast. And it's humbling to know that people are listening. But at the same time, it is doing, it is reaching its potential by connecting people to these stories and to each other and through each other. And uh one more huge congratulations. Uh, Team Canada, I just saw wrapped up this evening and, and Aaron Ambrose was named player of the match, player of the game out there. Um, congratulations, Aaron, if you're listening to this one or, or not, if anybody knows, send this her way. Um, I sent her a message too. just phenomenal to see uh, women's hockey in the spotlight, women's hockey back on the ice. And, and for you, Aaron, uh, congratulations, well-deserved and, and so much more moving forward to all the athletes out there you are our light as much as we are there for you you are there for us believe it or not uh, we are enhanced through everything that you do every one of you thank you so much we'll see you next week good night thanks again for being here thanks for listening thanks for being a part of this community check us out online firststartherapy.com that's f-i-r-s-t-a-r therapy.com or email us with feedback consult at firststartherapy.com c-o-n-s-u-l-t at firststartherapy.com on instagram at firststar.therapy and our podcast host at letschat.at this is first star let's chat an athletic therapy podcast Thank you.